Hello guys, this is Mario from You Go Boy Podcast. We have a new intro song for the summer. So listen to it and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to You Go Boy Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back. That is your thing. So this is episode number 14. <laughs> episode 14. We're back again. Yeah. One thing I real- didn't realize from the last one is that we are finally teenagers in episode 13. We are finally teenagers. That was a very interesting way to think about that. I know. Maybe. <laughs> but I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. Hmm. Now, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, my name is Marjavon Shaw. I'm your co-host. Yes, and I am Nigel C. Mass. (laughs) I am your other co-host. And it's a pleasure to be in your ears and your cars and your speakers yet again for the 14th time. So thank you all for listening and for our newcomers. Welcome. Yes. Welcome, welcome. Nigel, what is in your cup today? Today, I am having Woodford and ginger ale. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Um... As you know, we have just come off of the Kentucky Derby. Yes. Weekend. Um, whew, Chile. I tell you, I every know. time I go to these past few years, I've been going or participating, I should say, in Derby um, activities, either actually being in Louisville, Kentucky, where it's hosted, or here in Cincinnati. And um, I just love a reason to get dressed, dressed mm. uh, up, that is drink you know bourbon mint juleps and i just i love popping circumstance anyway so i'm just all here for it. and above all else when my black people when we put ourselves in on something get into it you know we got to take it to a whole nother level so i am coming off of that high i just love derby weekend and homecoming are two of my favorite um experiences in in a year that is sure. so awesome. I really, really love that. Um, yeah, <laughs> Derby was very, very, like, uh, I'm drinking again. My, I'm just going to drink a Kentucky Mule all throughout May. So mm-hmm. maybe even in episode 15, I might be doing the same thing. I don't know. But I think I just want to continue to to be on it because it's just so good. And I, mm-hmm. I think, like, being in North Carolina, I forget. Um, this is, like, a more beer and wine more state, mm-hmm. less bourbon, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. And so I love bourbon because I actually like the taste of bourbon. Like, yeah. It's so funny. Like, although I will, I shouldn't say although. It's funny you would mention that because when I went to the liquor store, party mm-hmm. stores over here in Newport, Kentucky, I'm like, wow. I'm like right across the bridge as, well, you know, we know that. But when it comes <laughs> to like bourbon and stuff, I'm like, I'm literally across the bridge from the start of the bourbon trail wow which i have yet to do that but i also feel like it's a setup because i'm like none of the distilleries are close to each other so i'm mm. like how are you supposed to get from one to the next to the other side do like a little party bus or something like that yeah. but i do think it's it's time for me to experience uh, the bourbon trail, but that is interesting about North Carolina, yeah. like more beer and wine. Yeah, it's definitely it's like more of a beer and wine type of thing. Um, less bourbon, but I mean it's good. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what's up. So what's going on in your world? Well, let's see. You know, I am just really getting excited about everybody that's graduating right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really cool. I will be also... So funny thing about graduation is that I did not go to my... I did not go to my graduation for my master's at Johns Hopkins University. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why is because... My business partner and I, we were studying. Uh, I mean, not studying, but we were in the final round for Echo and Green. Mm-hmm. And so, which is a startup nonprofit. To, I mean, it's a nonprofit to support startup nonprofits. So we had to do our interview during that time. And obviously, we didn't have the funds to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. And so I skipped my graduation. Um, but I just feel like, okay, at the end of the day, it's the paper that matters the most. Uh, but my business partner and I, we just receive a letter from the president as well as an email from the school saying that we were chosen as hero of the alumni heroes of the year wow Um, so i'll be going to graduation it's crazy how god works (laughs) that i'll be going to graduation now right like that's super dope super dope it's super dope cool okay it's in uh johns hopkins is in baltimore Okay, got it's it. It's so got it. crazy. So I've been wanting to really get more into like developing my craft um, as a life coach and stuff. And like sometimes it's like really, really hard to find a lot of those touchy feely like social um, development, personal development sessions and workshops and conferences. But strange enough, my award, I received my award on the twenty second. But then there's a social emotional learning conference on the twentieth through the twenty second in Baltimore. Like wow. the stars couldn't have aligned <laughs> any better. I mean, seriously. Right. And so I signed up to go I'm to the conference. Go. Yeah. And the sessions are so amazing. Like I, I heard about it that morning by just doing some Googling and researching. Later that day, I end up like buying my ticket and like, let's get out of here. <laughs> like, let's go on May 20th. Yeah. I'm so excited though, because I really do. I really do like to de- want to develop in that area. Yeah. Um, do they have a list of presenters yet? So, in a, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, my point in asking, so, um, let me just, I must say, my point in asking, I was wondering, <laughs> was there any way, now, you know, now that you're um, in that space, right? Yeah. Have you uh, met anybody that you're, have you researched anyone that's what i want to say read their work articles books yeah. or that you're looking forward to meeting or hearing from or anything or is no, this so the, really new? The, right so no the interesting thing about the personal growth if you ever go to the personal growth and self self-help section at barnes and nobles or your local bookstore mm-hmm. you'll see that like really it's tons of different authors and and stuff like that um and so yeah. you really go to those authors like workshops and different things like that they're I've so far have never really seen them together for like a particular conference and I could be wrong. Please help me if, please help me. But like, um, one of the things I also take note of is that there's a lack, extreme lack of diversity when you go into the personal growth and self-help section. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlemagne of God's book is in self-help. Uh, Michael Strahan's book is in self-help. That's a couple of people. Uh, Claude who wrote Wilson of Avadi is in like, no, that's in social um, and current affairs. So there's not a lot of books, as I'm saying it, that are in personal development, 
you know, uh, social development. But when you think about it, it makes sense because we were taught not to share. You know, we grew up teaching ourselves not to share our, you know, things about our family, all about our personal self. We're supposed to keep that in-house. And like, mm-hmm. we're a moving generation that's like, sorry, I thought something was on my leg. We're a moving generation that's no longer doing that anymore. And so, uh, and have uh, gave way of that. And so now, we are more so leaning towards that. And it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. And, and, and so, yeah, it's at the conference I'm expected to probably see maybe, I think they have like two, 300 people there. Probably mm-hmm. 10 to 15 black people maybe will probably be there. Like when you go to like different things like this, it gets very, very, very just whitewashed. And so that's yeah. the importance of us being there. And funny thing is that when we do go to these things, uh, people swarm us like crazy. Like our staff members go to these things all the time. Mm-hmm. They swarm us like a lot because they want to hear from us. It's not like they're trying to exclude us. Yeah. To be honest with you, most times, definitely even education, they want it to be more diverse. And they don't know how to do it. So they end up leaning to us. And so next year, hopefully we get in for a discount because then yeah. they'll need us, you know, to increase the diversity. And they'll be like, oh, we'll let y'all in for this price if you could do this. And yeah, we'll do it. So yes, I'm that? excited. Yeah. So I'm excited for all of that. Um, I'm excited for the free information I'm going to get by way of being your friend. Listen. Okay. <laughs> okay. Poor <laughs> me. Listen. I'm excited. Listen. And, and I'm gonna buy a book or two if they got them available. You know I am, and and try to read it. So like you'll be in Singapore in, in T minus three, four days, you know, uh, and so that will be crazy. Uh, yeah, you are, you are going to be gone, and so I want my gifts. Child, okay, and I want my duty free cologne or duty free alcohol. Yeah, so I'm. I I can say that I'm now excited about um, <clears throat> going to Asia. I've had plenty of conversations with. <laughs> <laughs> say it. <laughs> Did you know no, that I've had plenty of conversations with um, some friends who are also nurses that have been overseas, and I'm like, you know, how can I prep? And they were just like, oh, pop you a few Benadryl, have a few glasses of wine, and you'll be good. And I was like. Woo, Chile. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Um uh yeah, that just threw me off. Sorry about that. Um the wine and the pills. I was like, yo, I ain't never take no first of all, I don't take medicine and drink alcohol at the same time. That's just not something I do. Then mm. additionally to have Benadryl and you want me to have a few glasses of wine. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to wake up something like I don't know what that's gonna do to me. And you know how they say one in X amount of people will have this type of tragic outcome. If you do, you know, if you do mm-hmm. something like that, I'm like, I'm sure I'll be that one. So I ain't trying to play around with that, but, um, yeah, I'm gonna bring That's back. kind of cool because you getting all of this advice and shit. Like you need that shit. <laughs> I do, but it's just funny. It coming from nurses. I was totally expecting something different, but they're like, boy, you'll be okay. So I, I got my compression socks. Um, I have my converters. I have my currency app so I can make sure I'm doing right. Then my mother got convert, g- confession socks. Yeah, shoot. I can be having blood clots. 
And now I'm not gonna wear them like our, our you funny know, like some of the old folks that wear their khaki shorts and then they compress. Yep. Nah, I'm not gonna wear it like that. I'm so, <laughs> the that. funny thing is, my mom always tells me like she actually has me got me some a couple of com- compression socks because the funny thing is like she makes sure like she be like you travel so much and it does every now and then like you know definitely for like so those you didn't, you didn't use compression socks for Australia. Mm-hmm. Good God. And I wasn't, my feet wasn't swollen. Mm-mm. I'm trying to think. Um, no, nah, I was good. I'm trying to think to make sure I'm not lying. No, I was good. good. Yeah, but you could. Over there, it's longer, I think. Than when it my- is longer, but it was a lot more space. It's a lot of space, too. Well, let me tell you, I'm going to have them compression socks and anything else that they can give me to make sure I'm good. <laughs> I do need a recommendation, though. Um, on like a neck pillow or something like that, because I don't like the the traditional ones that shape with like the a- beads. Yeah, the beads. I don't like. Oh, that. you do the one with the foam, the memory foam. You got a link for that? You got one you yeah, like? It is. They're like twenty two, twenty three dollars, and then mine come with a hood too. And it comes a hood. So it comes with like it has like the memory foam to go around the neck, but then it has a it comes up the neck too. And you could actually switch it around for it to for your chin to rest on it instead, instead of it that little upper part being behind the neck. So if you like drop your head, you know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a hood too for 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 long haul traveling because you could put your headphones in, put your hood on, and then put your eye mask on. Yeah, and that feeling is like a cocoon for you, and it automatically as close as I'm gonna get to a cocoon because you know they thousands of dollars, and I I told you. But <laughs> so it relaxes your body. It truly relaxes your body. And it makes you like, I did it when we went to Australia. And like, you put the hood on, you have it, oh, you know, the thing. And oh my God. That's why I told yeah. you I had good sleep. Yeah, I need you to send me a link for that. I definitely will. And they sell them at Target, though, honestly. They, I, oh, great. Because I need to use yeah. my Target credit card because they just told me if I use it, they was going to close the account. And I'm like, I don't think that's good for my credit score if I let y'all close this account. Uh, so please go and get this neck pillow and some few toiletries on my Target red card. There it is. 5%. Yes, that is perfect. Yeah. I needed it. I'm excited. And I'm the first person in my immediate family to go abroad. That is so awesome. And what you I, have gone to Puerto Rico. No, I just thought about that. Like, yeah. I, I didn't think about, like, I took my mom to Puerto Rico for our birthday. And granted, that's still U.S. territory, but it was out of the country. But just the fact that they still I mean, require a passport, don't they? No. I don't, don't so. have a passport. Do you have to go through customs or nothing? Sure. No, I don't think no. so. No, you ain't got, again, it's U.S. territory. No, uh-uh, we're no customs. So, I mean, I just go to Curacao, the Miami customs is real deal. Did you know I looked up Curacao and I did not realize how close it was to Venezuela? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It was so funny the pause that you created. Yeah, it's very, very close. It's more I mean, South America than it is to North America. No, you know, crap. Because when I looked on there, so here's the thing about flying for me, right? I try not to like get in my head about flying and flying distances. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I looked at like Puerto Rico, how you know ain't really no land around there, whatnot, especially with all those island islands over there. I was like, hmm. And then when I saw we flying, like we're flying, you know, the opposite direction of your traditional, like the Bahamas, Jamaica and all that. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, goodness, we like out yeah, here, out here in the water. 
We flying over the Bahamas. We flying over the DR. We flying over Cuba, Jamaica. Hey, like we out here, out here. Mm-hmm. Jesus. To and this is a lot of. Think about it. It's next to. It's next to Aruba. Curacao, I mean, that, that don't give. Me, I. I mean, yeah. There's the ABC Islands. I get that. I'm just saying, like, we really gonna be away, away. Like, I'm gonna be like nigga knocking on Venezuela. <sighs> <laughs> you get on my nerves. So what is the ABC Island? I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, so ABC Islands, the A is for Aruba, uh, C is for Curacao. The B, I don't think we say it too often. That's why I always um, forget it. Let me see, ABC Islands. Um, That's what's up, though. I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong. Is it uh, Barracuda? It's Bonaire. Okay. It's Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao. Oh, that's so cute. Okay, then. Yeah, they're really close together. Okay. I like that's so cute. So, yeah, I didn't know about it until one of my clients told me. She's like, oh, the ABC Islands. I was like, ABC Islands. So now we can start saying it. I'm going to the ABC Islands. Ooh. Or we're going to one of the ABC Islands. We can catch a boat to the other ones. Catch a boat. Mm-hmm. Well, we gonna see on that one. I ain't. I mean, the truth of the matter is, I'm about to be 150 feet in the air with this um, dinner in the sky experience. So I may as well. If we, why not? Okay, we'll see. We'll see. We mm-hmm. will see. But I need to make sure I, you know, get fit. I think the trip in Asia will allow me to uh, lose a few inches around the mid. I'm pretty I'm sure. Don't have a lot of. I'm gonna eat just a lot of broth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna eat broth and have drinks. <laughs> I think that's that's perfect strategy and stretch in the morning. That is true. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be ready. That's nice. It is nice. You so it. you guys, for this um episode, this is dedicated to the graduates. Oh yeah. We are so excited about that. And I just act like we didn't have a pre-call. No, oh. yo, I really did just forget that fast. <laughs> I am excited. I mean, yes. we've been out of college now seven years. I've been out of college for six. I just missed I'm like, no, you haven't, ho. <laughs> we graduated together. <laughs> it's presumably. Close. I'm not supposed to I'm not Ooh, the shade. Yo, let me tell you how Mario just traded me because I am who I am. I'm gonna tell my truth, but and oh, I'm not gonna but you did graduate. It's fine. It's cool. Cause other people may need to hear this. That's true. And I just tell. Yeah, so. and you share your. And, and since they need to hear this, you share yours too. What was mine? Oh, I did one. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. amen. And look how amnesia. But so here's the thing, y'all. <laughs> Funny thing. So, got ready for graduation. Long story short. Spanish, y'all, I was just struggling. And it was because I didn't respect Spanish as a language. I tried to treat it like any other class where I could just probably memorize it, do it, and go on about my way. Well, that wasn't the case. And while I was (laughs) tutoring other people in Spanish and they passed, I didn't pass. So when I walked across the stage at graduation, um, both our black graduation celebration and the main one, I wasn't finished. I had to come back that summer and take two Spanish classes. The one I failed in the following one. I, so I technically so completed 
spending uh completing my degree that august although i walked the stage that june and they allow you guys to walk in june and they allow me so to it walk. wasn't fake god so it was it wasn't fake and yeah. but i will tell you this though two things one when i went to go meet with my professor to see if i can get them a few extra points just to pass he was like no and then when i walked Damn. away with my head down low from that starbucks i ran into a girl tiffany she's like nigel thank you so much you helped me pass spanish i was like girl in my ah! mind, i'm like I can't even pass Spanish. So how I'm helping you? (laughs) Fast forward. It was December, 2012 in the mail. I received my degree and I was super excited. I was like, Oh my God. Then I was like, wait a minute. Did the registrar make a mistake? Cause I still had a, a, a bill with the university and people always said, if you didn't pay like your parking tickets or if you had a bill or whatever, they wouldn't send you. See, I thought it was the degree too. So when I got my degree, I was like, Oh, I didn't got over on the system. Nah, fool. They That's still just because they yeah. called me after I got my degree and said we still need that library money. That's why I don't never go to the library. I just buy my books, and oh. I prefer to buy my books anyway because I like to underline and stuff. But like the library, it's too hard to keep up with other people's books. It's too much. But nevertheless, y'all, I persevered. I made it. So just in case, if you find yourself mm-hmm. in that boat as you listen and just keep swimming. Just keep like on swimming. Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming, child. You'll get there. That's right. And y'all, I did an extra year. I did five years instead of four on account of that I switched my major four times and I was not ready to graduate. But my last year was very, very fun. Me and I just took tennis classes. We also did yoga. We, we took two classes. Yes, tennis and yoga. <laughs> we that did was- yoga. We did. <laughs> Nigel. <laughs> fall asleep during corpse pose. Nigel, when they would say corpse pose, Nigel would be knocked. That was my favorite out. part. <laughs> Nigel. But to the point where he'll be snoring. Majority <laughs> of the class. And obviously, y'all, y'all did yoga corpse poses at the end and you're laying flat on your back. Like and they the played that soothing music. Yes, she did. Ooh. And every time Nigel would be knocked out, we'll be getting up saying Namaste. <laughs> no, I'm gonna stay right here on this flow. I'm stay right here on this flow. That's so real. And Nigel, oh God, no, I'm gonna stay right here on this. Flow. I'm gonna stay on the flow. Take and Nigel, legitimately, I was like, bro, like the majority of the class going about class over. Yeah, nigga, but, get your uh, ass up. I was looking. Stop like, embarrassing oh, me. Let me get myself together. And then he be snoring. But yeah, we took tennis too. Then we, you took tennis with me, didn't you? That did. Damn, bro. We was like lollygagging our senior year for real, for real. It was those electives, I, which I should have been getting another. Degree. I took, I took some. I got my Africana studies minor because I was there another year. I was like, might as well. Hell, shit, I'm here. I remember when I told my mentor, she was like, "You need to pick up uh, at least a minor if you're not gonna double major." I was like, "Ooh, can I uh get one in uh <laughs> sociology?" <laughs> she was like, "Really, Nigel? You're a psychology <laughs> like they in the same social sciences?" Like, no, I was like, "Oh." But I end up doing org leadership, to which I never completed. But those were great classes. <laughs> <laughs> this is from our trifling episode. This is a trifling moment. I remember I used to lie and tell folks, um, yeah, I have a degree in psychology and I minored in org leadership. Yeah, you might have minored in it, nigga, but you didn't finish. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes, trying to make myself more than what I was. Boy, you got some credits, but you didn't. it ain't nowhere to be found. Like, it ain't on your... Oh you didn't God. finish, basically. But I can say, it's funny how things come full circles, being that my master's is executive leadership and organizational change. There it is. It will be a real deal. <laughs> there it is. That's real. Here. Mastered it, you know. So, yeah, yeah we graduated in 2012. 
We in yeah. here, bro. Yep. All right, guys. Well, the next um, part of this episode number 14 is with our mentees. Woo. Yes, our mentees. And they just graduated. And so, like, to be honest with you, it's so real, right? Like, when you graduate, it's like, I remember I felt like that slight depression, like, the day after I graduated. And I was like, what the hell? And so, this episode, I mean, we, before the uh, interview, we recorded them the day after graduation. Yes. Mm-hmm. How are they feeling right now? What is the pressure that they're feeling? Because it's real. And what type of support can we give to people mm-hmm. who are in that situation? So we'll be back with more You Go Boy podcast. Enjoy the commercial break. Welcome back to You Go Boy Podcast. Woo, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm excited. Back. Aren't you excited about you? Like, I'm super excited. This is yeah. this is a fun episode. Yes. In particular because we have two special guests of ours that um, we are graciously their mentors. Yes. Um, and we talked about them in like episode one and two and three and seven, eight, nine, ten. We talk about them it, a lot. And look, and they bullied us to be their mentor, so it's exciting. No, just for playing. <laughs> but yes, we have our two mentees on the podcast with us today. So I'm super excited to uh, share this platform with two other Black educated young men who just finished their collegiate, well, the first round, I should say, of their collegiate careers. So this is exciting. Yeah, because they are going to take a So yeah, uh, give a round of applause. Welcome to the show, Marquez and Tyler. Yay! <laughs> How are y'all doing, guys? Wonderful. Yes, good. So Marquez is my, um, he is my mentee. Marquez, if you could talk really quickly so people can know which one is Marquez and then which one is Tyler. So Marquez, what was your major in college? Let's go from there. And where are you from? Yes. Marquez Jones. I'm a marketing major from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, oh. perfect. And Tyler. I'm Tyler Adams, I majored in communication with minors in marketing and psychology. Awesome. Did you really minor? Did you complete that minor? I completed my psych minor for marketing. I had to go bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. So, Tyler's my mentee. And as we were just saying before, we were sitting in the fireside chat. <laughs> in our fireside chat, which, you know, this is so funny as y'all will get to know these two. They are legit like the 2.0 versions of Mario and I. Yes. Yes. Because as you just heard, Tyler had minors, but one of them he had to kick to the curb. Like I just told y'all, like that org leadership minor I had, had to go bye bye. So <laughs> there is <Yeah>. no minor. <laughs> so just a degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Tyler, where are you from? And he gets stuff done and step into leadership. So yeah. yeah. Perfect. And but Tyler, where are you from? Um, I was born in Akron, but I'm from the five, one, three, the nasty natty, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Then that, then that's how it comes out. Okay. So this conversation is about, man, like everybody is graduating. We're so excited seeing all of this melanin graduate, graduating on our, on our computer screens and, and Instagrams and 
Facebooks and all of those type of things. So yes, we just wanted to talk to like recent graduates. Um, we pre-recorded this just to let y'all guys know that like it'll come out on May 15th, but we really wanted this live, mm-hmm. really true, authentic conversation, which is why like we made sure that we wanted to get them the day after graduation. And obviously yeah. there's a lot of parties happening during graduation and uh, this is on Cinco de Mayo, all of those type of things. And so we're just so gracious that they were able to take the time to be a part of this podcast today. Mm-hmm. Very much so, because I want to be up in these streets, too. So I'm glad we all here. Too, yeah. but, I mean, I don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo, but that's neither here nor there. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I do not blame anybody else who does. But, you know, I try to, like, donate to an organization. All type of stuff. Anywho, so. We're going to, we have three different points that we want to mention. Uh, your journey to graduating, days before graduation and the pitfalls that you may have, like as you're leading up to it. You know, we all had those days where like, excuse me, I don't know if I'm going to pass this class or anything like that. Like all those type of things. And then like that, like the day after. Um, and at the University of Cincinnati, we have two different graduations. Um, we have a black one and we have a white one. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> And the black people go to the white one, but then we also have our own. Great. And then we're also going to hit some future plans about them. So um, I just want to know just real quickly, like, you know, any like stories that stick out to you guys about like between your freshman and, 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 and senior year, like you guys are best friends. So like, what is a story, maybe even an embarrassing story? <laughs> How did of, this like, come the, to be? Yeah. Of the other, because Tyler and Marquez are like, Super duper best friends, but it started out in high school. And if y'all want to talk about that, you can. Um, well, it was a lot of moments where I wouldn't say it's embarrassing, but it was instances where, you know, Tyler's a crier. He cries a lot. <laughs> he cries a lot. So I do remember an instance in, in high school when his mom was was going through some medical stuff and he broke down in front of me and and I held him for a little bit. And then also Pretty much the same thing happened in college a couple times. Uh, mm. One thing that I remember in particular was Kwamka. Well, we both mm. we both participated in Kwamka. For those who don't know, it's like the Black Mr. Black and Miss Black UC. Mm-hmm. We talked about that on the podcast, folks. So if y'all are listeners, y'all know Nigel is Mr. Kwamka, two thousand and okay, two thousand ten. You try to be funny, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Tyler ran 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tyler won, and I just remember the moment after he won where I embraced him because I knew how much he wanted it, but also how much he needed it for mm. himself, right? Um, I had my thing, and Tyler was, in my opinion, was still struggling to find his his niche at UC. He was mm. always involved, and you know, he had all the friends, but he wanted to find himself, mm. in my opinion, and that was that moment, and I'm glad he got it. But I just do remember all the crying. Uh, both sides, because I cry with them sometimes too. So come on, black man, cry. Yes, they yeah. cry. Yeah, okay. That—that's why they are meant to, because we cry a lot. But okay, so I just cried <laughs> last night. Okay, and I just had a breakdown. Um, okay, had a breakthrough. Watch it. Oh, that's true too. Come on. All right. But yes, everybody raise a hand. But like one of the cool things about all four of us is that we both, we all of us did run for Mr. Kuamka. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my mentor, we both lost, <laughs> and and I joined and Tyler. Won. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's how I go. But that's so beautiful, though. Like it that is. moment 
Um, and I remember when Tyler did when Mr. Kuamka, and that was your breakthrough moment. Like, it was like, who is this kid? Because I'll be honest with you, I knew Alberto from freshman year, like when he was running. And, I mean, when he was just like all over campus. So I was like, I want shiny shoes to win because he had like those shiny shoes doing like Mr. Kuamka, no tea, no shade. But I love Alberto wears some tapping shiny shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And but when Tyler won and Nigel was like, I helped this dude named Tyler. I'm who the fuck is Tyler? Because I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I did. Right. Goodness gracious. Who the fuck is this motherfucker? <laughs> I did. I was like, uh uh-uh. I was like, Alberto is the one that needs to be winning. And so, yeah. Tyler so, comes- for Tyler, how was that for you? Like, um, not even just the Kwamka experience, which that in and of itself is, is an experience, but like leading up to that, thinking about your friendship, the beginning stages with Marquez, like, what did all that mean to you? The friendship that you had with him? Because one, you don't get to hear about too many friends actually being vulnerable with each other like that, that early on in friendship, especially with guys. Mm-hmm. And then finding that path, right, your journey to graduation, that experience that you have matriculating, matriculating excuse me, through the university and finding your niche, because that's another thing. So many of us can have this extensive resume of student organizations, but you still don't know yourself or finding your niche. And you just have organizations that you're a part of. That's good. Ooh. Marquez, Marquez, Marquez. <laughs> we done been through a whole, whole lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. nothing was ever bad. Like we, we never. At one point, remember? We we both wanted to fight each other. <laughs> that was one time out of four years, <laughs> and we not go speak on it. <clears throat> oh dang! Out of eight, yeah, freshman year of high school. Um, so my dumbass tried to appease <laughs> my stepfather and play football. <laughs> did not want to do that. But if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have met Marquez. Marquez was the mm-hmm. first person on the field to run up to me and greet me. What's up, bro? I'm Marquez, blah, blah, blah. Then that's when I got my name Fried Chicken because my mom decided to bring me fried chicken for lunch to practice. And you know, you got two a days. <laughs> You're not supposed to be eating no fried chicken. You're going to cramp like a motherfucker. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, bro? Yeah, that's a real parent. I'm gonna eat the fried chicken with you, although this is listen, we're gonna cramp together, right? Right. Damn, Um, so that was an interesting thing. And Marquez, out of all my years knowing Marquez, Marquez has been the only nigga that I've trusted like wholeheartedly with everything, Mm -hmm. so he knows every single thing about me, like everything, Mm. and nobody else can say that. Mm -hmm. That's true. And how was that experience leading up? to um, wanting to decide to run for Mr. Kwamka, knowing that that position had, it has its influences, the process and all that. What did that mean for you as you were trying to um, find your niche at the university? Because you were already involved beforehand. So Mm -hmm. what did that do for, what did that moment mean for you when you decided that I'm going to fill out this application, I'm going to go through this process Mm -hmm. um, before even winning? I really battled with that because I looked at all the people who are applying mm-hmm. and like Alberto, me and Alberto were each other's competition. So it was mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I'm not about to run against him. Everybody likes Alberto. Alberto's this, that, and the third, and I'm really not about to do it. So I really try, I tried to pull my application mm-hmm. um, from running and Auntie Nikki was like, you thought. Um, <laughs> she said, at the end of the day, what God has for you is for you. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. get it, then it's for you. If you don't get it, it's not for you. But I'm not going to let you um, hinder yourself from even trying because you wouldn't, if you weren't supposed to run, 
you wouldn't have submitted an application. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, but you're going to continue. And mm-hmm. through that whole process, I was dealing with depression, anxiety. I got really stressed out. I started losing a whole lot of weight. It was just, it was a lot going on because I was dealing with stuff internally because as a black male, we're often told that um, we can't show signs of weakness or you're not supposed to cry or, you know, you suck it up and you live mm-hmm. through it. So that's what I was doing. I was suppressing, 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 suppressing everything. And it came to Dr. Oz and Doug literally telling me like, dude, the only way you're going to get over this is if you talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm not about the hell I look like telling the whole university my business. Like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. It was like, you can't just sing. Everybody knows you can sing. Mm-hmm. You need something else. Mm-hmm. So I wrote this whole little spoken word and that was literally what broke it for me. Like, I was mm-hmm. literally just like, okay, I have to be vulnerable. I'm here. And I didn't know how people were going to be, if they were going to be receptive or if they were going to shun me. But I basically talked about how my mom was diagnosed with cerebral cancer, how I lost my grandfather, who was the closest person I had to a father and best friend, how I was molested at 13 and sexually assaulted two times in college, um, second semester of freshman year and first semester of sophomore year, how I blamed myself for those things. Mm-hmm. But I tried to commit suicide. It was a whole bunch of stuff going mm-hmm. on. And God knew I needed this moment to literally not only have a release, but also that my story could be told because after Kwamka, so many people came up to me that had similar stories and they yeah. were breaking down and I was just yeah. over here like, oh my God. Yeah. Like niggas, like niggas, niggas was like, bro, bro, you know, bro, bro, you. That is true. Bro, you, bro, can we just meet up for lunch or something? I can't do this right here. So it was yeah. like, it was, yeah. it was crazy to me because I was like, God, why are you taking me through this? But something I had to realize is that God takes you through troubled waters because your enemies can't swim. Mm-hmm. We just been talking about swimming earlier. Lip. Yes, that's real. <laughs> and it's crazy because I'm like, the struggles you go through are not for you. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna put. I'm. I gotta put a pause here because there's a lot of great things that have been said mm-hmm. just in that story. Um, the the power of vulnerability is mm-hmm. ongoing as we that is just one thing that is thread throughout the podcast and i'm grateful for people being being able to come on here and talk about being vulnerable because what you just shared one thank you for sharing that with not only us in this environment but for those who will be listening like that's very powerful yeah. um to share that too um talking about people who see something in us more than what we may see in ourselves And uh, pushing us, loving us through it. You mentioned Miss Nikki, who's the director of the African-American Cultural Research Center. You talked about Dr. Oz, um, who was uh, over uh, at Student Activities and Leadership and Development at the University of Cincinnati. And you talked about Douglas Carver, who is now at the Ohio State University. Yes. Um, It's Carver Douglas, ain't it? Carver Douglas. I'm sorry. Carver Douglas. My bad. We love Doug. But the point is that I'm making it, these are, for those who don't know these individuals, they are um, alumni from the University of Cincinnati who are African-American, who are all about pouring back into the Black student experience. Yes. I'm going to keep on going, Nigel. You, you, he, uh, we've been dealing with this all day, with this, <laughs> unfortunately, his, his thing. Keep on going in and out. But they are a the part next- of the- uh, of the black student, Wait, which is um, so great, 
Yes. Uh, it was your thing, Nigel. It went out. Again? <laughs> Y'all, okay. We can't be having sentimental moments and my internet act a fool. We don't, I'm calling him wrong. Because when y'all was froze, I was like, what, what happened? You was froze. <laughs> I know. But see, the, what Nigel was talking about was definitely like these people that come, come around us and like support us and make sure that they uplift us. Right? Yes. That's what I was saying. How we're able to build community. Yeah. As black students on um, historically white, mm -mm, historically white campuses and universities. And why we call them historically? Because they were, they are historically white. They were never intended for us in the first place. That's true. But I ain't trying to put them next to the HBCU putting the H with historically white. Well, that's the new language. Predominantly um, white. That's the new language in student affairs and higher education. Historically white. The forever white institution. Right. Ever, ever white. Hmm. Or that. But I think that's great to speak to how much support is really important, um, especially when you have support from those who look like you. Yeah, that's true. I want to go back to those moments, though. Uh, You mentioned a lot of different things. Um, And I also want to know how Marquez uh, supported you within those moments. Um, Definitely with you saying that he knew everything about you, uh, which is really cool. But you mentioned the sexual assault thing. You mentioned, uh, um, you know, depression. These are two major topics that a lot of black males do not talk about that actually happens on campus and goes unheard. You know, so like it like people we don't have strong data on it, but we know it happened. I know I could have been caught in a situation like that before. And you know what I mean, and not laughing about it, but I just think about like how God spared me, but not like the fact that like that's something I should be a proud of. You see what I'm saying? And so how did you navigate that space and that experience? Did you want to leave school? What happened? What was mm-hmm. that about? It was how more did Marquez so, support you with this? And Marquez, you could talk about this too. Um, it was it was really hard to like talk to Marquez about it. Um, mm. but I knew that I had to talk to somebody and Marquez was the only one I could trust. So I went about to open up to somebody else for them to tell the whole university, because you know university is like high school times ten. You yeah. tell somebody something that's spread in five minutes and then the whole university talking about you on Twitter. Um <clears throat> but I'll let Marquez speak on it. Um, some more. Yeah. So, yeah, um, coming from, I would say, a household that I would say I wouldn't, I didn't experience much trauma, mm-hmm. like much serious trauma. So, like, um, physical abuse, I've experienced that, like, with my, my parents, um, you know, with the with each other and also with the kids, you know, black families. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't experience like some of the things that most people go through that are like that people don't know of. So like with Tyler's situation. So like I necessarily did not know what to do, mm. like how to help him. All I knew was I had to be there for him. Mm. Because if that was me. I wouldn't want somebody to know what I went through and then say, well, sorry, happened to you. You got to move on. But yeah. typically for black males, you don't have somebody who you can go to to yeah. talk about that. They legitimately will say those type of things like, oh, well, what did you do? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Type of thing. Or how did you how did you get yourself into that? Oh, I don't want to talk about that shit. You know, that type of thing. And so the yeah. fact that, wow, y'all crossed the stage. 
Tyler, share. Would you like to share this? Th- your thoughts with this? I'm crossing the stage. Or even like, I mean, I see you're you're emotional right now. Very. Um, yeah. I didn't know if I was gonna make it after that. Wow. Um, especially constantly seeing the person in different settings, it was kind of like, bruh, mm-hmm. annoying. Um, and it kind of like it was a trigger because everything came back, and I was like, how did I let myself get in a situation? And, um, <clears throat> yeah, that came to that whole trying to fit in piece and then, like, getting carried away and not knowing who I was. Mm. Um, so it took me a while to, like, figure out who I was and, like, stop fighting it and just be like, yo, this is me. Take it or leave it. I'm not changing. I'm not trying to fit in. I'm not going to appease you because at the end of the day, you know, you either have friends that are lifetime or you have seasonal. You have to stop giving seasonal friends lifetime expectations. It's just not going to work. Mm. <laughs> you got all the great quotes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously. So, I mean, we don't talk about, like, the – like, seriously. I mean, y'all went to Wana Hills, which in Cincinnati, that's, like, a good school. It's considered to be a good school, y'all laughing. I mean, I the, the number one. <clears throat> very, very good school. Top school. Nationally yeah. top school. Yeah. But even still, you know, I think about me being a teacher and it's like, oh, if we just put them in a good high school, sorry, they could go through college without a breeze. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? With the breeze, you know, and it'll be easy for them. Um, well, yeah, because they think about it from the academic, academic, academic standpoint. They don't think about it from the social, emotional learning yeah. uh, standpoint. Or and the then financial. Or the financial. So what I love about this is the fact that we are having that conversation and like, Black males struggle yeah. in college. We struggle, right? And nobody's really talking about it. But then there are these levels of support. One thing I love about your friendship, though, is that both of you guys uh, have been able to support each other throughout this journey. Tyler, what do you think, you know, you had to help um, with Marquez on? Like Marquez and Sharon, maybe like some of the things that you had to understand you know, before you graduated, what was that big pivotal moment for you? Yeah, let's maybe start with Marquez. Like, what was that big pivotal moment for you? Like, some of those things where you felt like, okay, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it, you know, type of thing, because we all had them. Yeah. Um, just speaking on that school aspect, I was good academically. Like, yeah. it, that's just something that came to me. But it was a lot of the social things and the financial things that I struggle with heavily. Like, I didn't know. Yeah. I, it was times where... Now that I think about it, I was probably depressed. I didn't know who to turn to, mm. what to do, because being a first-generation college student and being in a black household, there's a lot of things you you don't know. There's a lot of things that are taught to you, mm. but the wrong way in a certain aspect. So, like, people that supported me the most was was definitely Tyler and then also uh, Brandy Elliott. And Tyler was mm. more so me being ignorant, because the way I grew up, you know, my parents are a very a certain way they're very traditional uh traditional black people so like i didn't know a lot of stuff until i saw it on campus and -hmm. i didn't know how to 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 take it or who to talk to about it because i would just sound ignorant completely ignorant to be honest um and just going through college i would say that after the first two years i would say i was a lot more educated on the matters and trying to really find myself as well um you know i joined a fraternity and there's also a lot of to- toxic masculinity in that as well. But mm. having the chance to develop as a leader, as a more humble person, because mm. I was far from that. That was probably the biggest challenge I had. 
and I do remember a, a time what freshman year that I actually broke down crying um, mm-hmm. because somebody told me that the things that I was saying to them, they took it a certain different way. And mm-hmm. I was a person that was very narrow-minded, seeing things in one way, one perspective. And I didn't, and I care about a lot what other people think of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very not self-confident. Um, I'm still working on that within myself, but mm-hmm. other things that people will say to me or portray on me, even if it's not my intent, hurt me a lot because I tried so hard to to be a different way, to be mm-hmm. best light. Mm-hmm. And then the financial aspect of it, I mean, I did receive a full scholarship to go to UC, but then again, my family is also lower income. So mm-hmm. even though I have my tuition paid, a lot of other expenses that were required, I didn't. I didn't have it, you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to experience college. I wanted to do things in college that people did. So, like, mm-hmm. go on the spring break tour. That was the very first experience that changed my life, to be honest. But, yeah, hey, yeah, same. Up, yeah, yeah. I didn't travel, you know. My yeah. five, mm. five kids, two parents, no money. Fit eleven kids every day on the dollar menu, Wendy's type stuff. So, like, being able yeah. to get sponsored by yeah. Brandy, Dr. Elliot. That was probably the first life-changing thing she did for me. Yeah. And she realized the importance of me, you know, expanding my horizons and breaking out from what I knew. And that was just Cincinnati. And then even fast forward all the way to senior year, like I'm going to Paris now. And right. the only way I'm going, like I said, I'm still broke. She paid right. the whole thing. Say that again. You paid the whole thing. Who did pay the whole thing? Dr. Brandy Elliott. And she got fit 11 kids herself. With, um, cause she is the director of the, the <laughs> ethnic programs and services. So um, they get sponsored wow. like the foundation, the UC foundation. And she has like scholarships that she can give to students. Oh, scholarships. Wow. Different means wow. and stuff like that. And she literally covered around $4,000 on that trip. And that's- This problem. is why I love my dag on black community at the University of Cincinnati. It's something different. It's it is something different. different. It's just when different. I tell you, when we, <laughs> seriously, if you yes. plug yourself into the black community at UC, we it's have so different. many staff, faculty, administrators mm-hmm. that are there and so mm-hmm. willing to help mm-hmm. expose us to things, get us, get us what we need mm-hmm. to have- yes the experience to cultivate us as people that like our gifts, our talents, all that, like, ugh. It's so good. I, so, I, Tyler, how did you feel that you supported Marquez through that moment, though? Uh, when he wasn't as confident, right? And still working on it, myself included. You know what I mean? He's working on that. Like, still, like, what do I supposed to do? But how did you feel like you supported him with that? Um, I was always just there. Um, even when he had to, like, have his little rants or, like, talk things out um, it was just important for me to be there because a lot of times males don't trust other males it just mm-hmm. is what it is males are sometimes even bigger gossipers than females mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> but um yeah just being there listening to what he had to say trying to put it in perspective if he didn't understand things I'm trying to get him to understand that sometimes maybe you say some shit that just don't. Yeah. Dang, that's, right. that's what I wanted to say too. It was like he said that he only saw things one perspective and that's what you caught on immediately. And I wanted to bring it up too because you said that I felt that he was the one to help him to be able to see things in different perspectives. For sure. I would ask Tyler every single time like am I in the wrong? Like 
did I say something wrong? Could you have taken that a different way? Mm-hmm. Because he would always be objective. He wouldn't be like on my side every time because he knew what was right. That's mm. a real friend. Okay. Seriously, that's I've been able to tell Nigel that all the time because he's always wrong. So, <laughs> if, if people have got have had the opportunity to engage with Mario Jovan Shaw, they show enough no because that mouth is <laughs> okay, as we've already heard thus far. Uh, I know, so, but I that's that's real friendship though, and that speaks yeah. to your friendship, but also you as a person, which is yeah, person. like so many people. We'll just be like, this is what I said. This is what I meant. It is what it is. Move on. But like a real a, a real man who wants to grow and develop is going to ask like and be receptive to feedback and is going to reflect. Yeah. And also, <laughs> another part of that on the friendship side, if you really yo dudes, like if that's your main man, you need to be able to have a relationship to be able to come to him and be like, hey, yo, that wasn't let's kind of talk about this. That way, moving forward, you can do things a little bit different because you want him to succeed and to be great and not, you know, cancel people out or block blessings at the end of the day and burn bridges that aren't necessarily needed to be burned. Right. Something to add to that. Um, Yeah. I I do recall most of my collegiate career, like you have mentees, especially when you're in leadership positions and being Mm -hmm. an RA. So you have people that like depend on you. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of serious moments where people were going through things and I knew the, o- the only person or the right person in my mind to go to every single time was Tyler. Mm. Like I knew he would have an answer. Mm-hmm. If it's the right answer, if it's a semi-right answer, it was always the right answer to me. And mm-hmm. it always worked out for the person um, that was receiving that advice and receiving that hope because it would be instances I wouldn't know at mm-hmm. all. Like I didn't go through anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not as, I wasn't as hurt, you know, growing up as Tyler have experienced in his life. Mm-hmm. I knew he would know what to do. Yeah. And yeah. And what I love too is that you still were able to come to Tyler. Cause oftentimes it's like, uh, maybe I shouldn't come to this person with my issue because they dealt with something that's worse and this might be so small. But like a lot of people play like oppression Olympics. I always talk about that. Like who's who's more oppressed you know what i mean it's like if you're more oppressed than me then i can't come to you and i need to be a little bit more oppressed and i need to be more depressed type of thing but like y'all own y'all shit and the thing is is that eventually what happened whether whatever happened to you you owned it and you said Mm -hmm. how do i learn from this experience and understand how to go further beyond this experience yes it was not my fault you know around this like sexual assault it wasn't my fault that my parents were not lined up to have the financial support to make sure that I was able to see or, or, or be supported in college. And I was about to talk about the perspective, too, around the fact that, like, your parents didn't have the opportunity to really be able to see different things. That was not your, your fault. But right. you learned from those situations and you said, how can I partner with university Black ass, motherfucking AACRC, and all of the black alumni at the school, and say, how do I make it? You know what I mean? Like we're me and I just are alumni of the school. We're seven years out, but literally like freshmen, sophomores still know us, and that's not just us. That's like multiple people on campus. We're people. I mean, multiple alumni members who go back to campus and mm-hmm. give. It is so amazing that sometimes I forgot I was at a PWI and, or a historically white 
until I went to a football game and that white ass goddamn marching band got on that <laughs> on that floor. Oh. Move. Now DJ Bandcap came out of that, and that's the best thing we got out of the band. <laughs> of that. <laughs> Let that motherfucking thing go. Let it go. <laughs> Listen, they was out there trying to play some Beyonce and Tina Turner this year. I said, Oh my God. They, they tried. Ruined it. They did they what they play from Beyonce. Um everything. They love play. on top. Rebel. Really? But see, that Ohio State band could play some Beyonce. Yeah, they can. Now, I, that white-ass band, motherfuckers <laughs> are good. Okay, so we talked about your journey to graduation. And let's talk about the days before graduation. Y'all are finishing up those classes. Y'all are applying for grad school. What was happening in those moments? Like, what was that? Be vulnerable in those moments. Like, how did you feel as you were, like, getting close to graduation? I was hurt, upset, anxious, mm. and stressed, all of the above, um, for multiple reasons. I was applying to grad school. Um, like I said, first-generation college student. Don't really know anything about grad school, to be honest. Um, but I, I happened to get into uh, University of Georgia, University of Houston, which were my top two choices. So I had to do interview days. And I thought every interview was amazing. Not going to lie. That's great. Um, University of Georgia. If I would have got a position uh, for a GA, I would have free tuition. Mm. Mm. And I would have had a stipend, still had to pay uh, a good amount, but not too much. Mm. Um, days before graduation, Georgia, I get my fifth no from assistantships. Mm. So out of the five that I applied to, I got all five no's. I applied to three additional. I got three no's from that. So at that point, I was over it. Um, but I was still stressed because I didn't know what I was doing because I never had to take out loans. And that's something that from elementary school that I knew I didn't want to have to pay any money for college because my family don't got it and I won't have it. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that kind of made me more stressed and hyper stressed to every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in, it's the ending of your student organizations being mm-hmm. president of two um one our big party cab that we always have um university university stuff is tackled with being suspended last year from it party got canceled revenue in the negatives because we got to refund everybody and still pay the venue and then also with ubsa um making sure elections are fair i really i fought with two individuals who were going to win no matter what president and vice president i fought with them because i wanted to make sure the elections were fair for everybody else that was running yeah i literally went off on them and to the day of elections we have the elections they win and the people that i made it fair for start coming at me talking about it was unfair Mm. so just a lot of things even if let's say this was last year it wouldn't be that big of a deal but the fact that I'm still uncertain where I'm going, mm. uh, scared to go, mm-hmm. um, afraid to leave my comfort zone of my family because all my family's in Cincinnati. And mm-hmm. just the days are keep going by fast, mm-hmm. which is something that people normally look forward to, but I'm stressed about it because I don't know what's going on. Just all that tackled into one, it just, it just made my life very stressful and even to this day, I'm still 
I'm still I still don't know what I'm doing to be no, honest. You can, you can feel that. You can feel that you still don't you still in that moment. Mm-hmm. I love it because that's so real. Yeah. That so many of us find ourselves in that space when you're leading student organizations, you're trying to close one chapter at the same time, trying to open a new one, trying to navigate this new space that you're highly unaware about. Whereas the people that you're like passing the mantle to, like this is their everything, like they've been waiting. And yeah. so they have a certain level of hunger and anticipation. They're very eager. And you're trying to manage those emotions with them, manage your own self, as well as planning for the next chapter all at once, being first generational, you don't have any help, right? You don't have anybody to tell you, well, this is what this looks like when you're applying for grad school. So you're trying to navigate this space and you're getting all these no's, right? Yeah. It's uncharted. It's like that. I, as you were saying it, I was getting stressed because yeah. <laughs> I remember what that felt like at that time, but just kind of like how that just happens. Yeah, happens in life. On top of that, that was like the cherry on top was I'm a very dependent person on other people. So mm-hmm. I got through college because of my friends and my family and my mentors and things like that. And coming down the home stretch, I started thinking about what Tyler was saying, the seasonal friends and lifelong friends. I realized I didn't make time for those people that I wanted in my life ever because mm. it's the last chance to do that. Mm. Being the last semester that wow. I'm going to be in school with them. Mm. So all that and not having time to put into people Mm kind of made it worse because I wanted to be able to take my last year or my last semester and really just solidify those people that I wanted in my life, people that are going to be in my wedding someday or, or something like that. And I would talk to Tyler about it and it was, it was really no solution because it was myself putting it on myself. Mm -hmm. All all the stuff that was on my plate, it was because of me. And I knew that. Mm -hmm. So it, it was just all all around not the best. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. it happened. Yeah. And then, like, with both of us, too, like, we want to see our Black community thrive, and we have so much passion towards diversity and inclusion initiatives. And if nobody's going to step up, then we stepped up. And so it was kind of like it wasn't our fault that we wanted to be involved and have an impact on them so they know what that looks like and can keep that moving forward. But it was kind of like, damn, we didn't really get to enjoy our senior year because we was hella involved. We still trying to make sure X, Y, and Z is good, struggling with class. Senior year was the hardest year in classes for me. I don't know about you, but I'm over here like, professors is really trying me. <laughs> like, really trying me. And I'm over here like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm not going to fail your class, but I was really hurt when yeah. I was sitting on stage at graduation and this professor that I struggled with all semester, I got a B in her a b plus in her class on catalyst and she decides to put a c in for um the grade book and i'm over here looking at her like i ain't never made a c in my life since i've been in college so you really got me messed up (laughs) and so it was kind of like going back and forth with her and she's trying to add all this other stuff in like well this 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 when i literally had to go to accessibility and resources to i had to literally give them my diagnosis of um high anxiety depression and suicidal ideation all that and it was kind of like you signed off on this paper knowing that I'm going through all of this stuff 
are you trying to make it look all good for the director of the program, this, that, and the third? But when it comes down to it, the making college arts and sciences has so much deep-rooted racism and both overt and covert. And it's kind of like, even in my master's program, like me and Marquez are supposed to follow each other to like grad school because, you know, I should I should have done that because now I'm in my program. I'm a year in because I did an accelerated program, mm -hmm. but it is so racist. They really don't want to see the black people win. And it really hurt me because I was like, um, my advisor, Dr. Jackson was like, you are one, you are probably one in 10 of the African-American males that have gone through this that has not been pushed out yet. Mm. And I'm over here like, well, I got to stay now because I don't work my ass off this far. And I'm like, I'm already a year in, so I can't leave. And then the whole grad school piece, I'm not trying to pay for grad school either because well, who got money to pay them loans back? <laughs> and all the interest that's coming with that. And I'm like, yeah, I got full tuition in college, but I had to live on campus freshman year and that meal plan that don't nobody really want to eat, but they want to charge $3,000 a semester mm -hmm. for it. And it's kind of like, y'all really don't want the black community to succeed or get a degree in higher education. We, are y'all scared of us or something? Like, why don't we have the same avenue? Like, university even has a whole scholarship fund that only white people have access to. And I'm just over here just like, I'm a first-generation college student. I'm struggling. I don't know how many mm -hmm. do this, that, and third. Nobody's telling me what to do. I don't have no help and no support. And people at the university try to help you, but they can only do so much. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like dealing with all of that, knowing I'm about to graduate. I checked how much I owe. By the grace of God, I'm walking out of undergrad with only $12,000 in debt. That's and good. that's only from living on campus and having a meal plan and doing two study abroads. So I'm not mad at it because yeah. a lot of people don't have those experiences of studying abroad. But it literally took me after running for Quanta to ever study abroad because for one, I was scared. I thought I was going to get stuck over there. I was. <laughs> and I, still was. I didn't study. I didn't go overseas. Until I graduated from like three years after I graduated from college. I was scared as fuck. I mean, oh, my dad, when I was trying to study abroad in Spain, my senior year, and I was telling my family because I was nervous, but I was excited about the opportunity. My dad said, boy, you better stay your ass in this country while you're here. I said, oh, <laughs> right. So oh needless to say, I didn't go out of the country until 2015 mm -hmm. to Mexico. Playa del Carmen was my first place that I went to. That's so I feel you. Um, so what I'm getting from all of this is like, honestly, like, man, we, there are so many like amazing moments that are happening right now with, with like black males going into college and like so many triumphs that we're experiencing. But at the same time, we are still a little bit behind on a few things because while we do have the support system, there's even, there needs to be even more support system, right, within a university. And, like, the, the current support system is getting us to graduate $12,000 only in loans, like, partnering us with internships and different experiences and study and giving us funds for study abroad program. Yet, you know, with that, I would even venture to say that the, that the black faculty would say that they even need more support to, to support black oh, students. Absolutely. You know, and here's the thing. And in Ohio, and I think, that, I think one of the questions that will come up maybe is why you didn't go to HBCU, right? Like that, that's one of the biggest questions. 
I love HBCUs. I think they are amazing. But I think like to speak on behalf of of you Go Boy podcast, I think that that there are multiple routes that people are able to take, which is so amazing and, and great that we're able to take those routes. I am I believe that we shouldn't divide ourselves. Um between I went to PWI or historically white college or historically black college. I think that at the end of the day, these are black students that are graduating. I think that with both universities and institutes, there are struggling moments in, in each. So maybe we're struggling with faculty, some for HBCUs, they could be struggling with something else. But I do believe though, that PWI organizations should definitely support HBCU organizations. Like people who graduated from PWIs, at the end of the day, in order for our black asses to be at at PWIs, they took HBCUs, and we have to celebrate them regardless of whether we went to them or not. And I always tell my former students that, hey, at the end of the day, I'm actually for HBCU or a good PWI that has a good multicultural center, black culture center, like like uh like the uh University of Cincinnati. But if they ain't got that, don't give them your money. <laughs> and I think the thing with that is we get me and Marquez got lucky because we both got into all the HBCUs we applied for. The thing is, HBCUs be so late with financial aid, you don't know if you're gonna be able to go or not. And, and the see, other school got a decision letter the time. <laughs> And so we, I'm over here. We done accepted our thing to uh, UC, and then lo and behold, a week later, oh, you've been accepted for this, that, and the third, this amount of money, this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I would have been at an HBCU. If I would have known beforehand, yeah. if I would have um, known about knowing about grants and stuff, I'd been able to the two of them that I applied to. But I didn't know that you get grants too. Yeah, and I, that goes on like exposure. One thing that I've loved that I've been seeing more in Cincinnati is um, like the Black College tours that they've been able to take some uh, mm-hmm. high school students on um, because. I too wanted to go to an HBCU, but I, there was me a lack too. of exposure. Uh, just for me, also being a first generational college student, I didn't have the exposure. I didn't know when I was filling out my Morehouse application and my Hampton application that these were places that I could actually go to, um, which I had people in my congregation back home who attended HBCUs, but I didn't know that. I had people right. that were Greek affiliated. I didn't know that. So I think now that we are and all of us are now on the other side of the of it now that we're all alum of a university it will behoove us to go back into these communities <laughs> and to talk to students that word. about <laughs> talk to <laughs> students about the grant money like you said the grant monies that are out there the scholarships that are out there and for that conversation not to just happen from adults yeah. you know the older adults rather but to talk to you know, talk to us and say like, hey, y'all, there is money out there. Let me kind of show you some things that I didn't know. So they can have that experience that we were probably looking so forward to having by attending the HBCU. I agree. Um, Tyler, real quick, your mic is rubbing against your, um, there you go. Because <laughs> you like, Tyler is like shaking his head like, yes, 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 I'm feeling it. And like the mic is like, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's on it. In, look, in the spirit of feeling it, right? So you was feeling it. Graduation, y'all had a good time. I'm sure y'all kicked it. Just okay. because we do only have like seven minutes, so we probably have oh, to perfect. talk about the future after. Yeah, well, so that's why. 
Yeah, that's why I'm saying. So it's the day after graduation because we already know you kicked it. Come on now. You lived your life. You got it in. So it's the day after. Tomorrow is about to be Monday. Real deal is about to settle in. What's the day after like for you? And then also share with us, what are your, you know, your future plans as it relates to what's directly next? Yeah, after. Um, didn't feel like I graduated from the white graduation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> During walking across stage, none of it felt like I was done with college yet. Um, yeah. After that, you know, my brother had a graduation the next morning. Um, didn't want to be there. And then uh, 2 p.m. that that next day was uh, time for the black graduation and didn't want to put the gown back on, to be honest. Mm. I wanted to do Taimba because I've always wanted to do Taimba, but I didn't want to put the gown back on. But I would say fast forward to after Taimba, I felt like I officially completely, completed my collegiate career and I felt like I really graduated. Um, I didn't feel like that until after that experience. Mm. Um, and future plans, um, I will be at the University of Houston uh, to get my master's in student affairs. Um, Yay! <laughs> You uh, you feel like you're good? Like, how do you feel with that? Uh, no, I'm I'm scared still. Um, yeah. I don't know where I'm living just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have an assistantship, so I do know where I'm working. Come on, when I have to work, uh, now I just gotta become more independent and try to find a place to stay because I never really have to go through anything like that. So once I figure that out, I will be cool. Um, gotta take out some loans, something I didn't want to do, but you know. It's good debt. You'll pay them motherfuckers off. Like it's honestly, yeah, yeah. Honestly, like I mean, it scared the shit out of me. But like right now, like I don't care. It's like, good. It's good debt. Yeah. At the end of the day, and the blessing is you going to a dope ass city that got hella black folks that's doing hella black ass excellent shit. So it's gonna be all good. Mm-hmm. And the thing is too, like there's a I know. Tyler, me too. Roll my fucking eyes. Uh, <laughs> uh, who lives in Houston? <laughs> a lot of great. It's been a lot of great people that reside in the city of Houston. I, just think mm. you know, I didn't ask that part. Huh? <laughs> so We're not Tyler, talking about Beyonce. About you. Right. right. Um, <laughs> but, even though um, I was fortunate enough to lead... Um, yeah, the presidential cabinet out at graduation. I still didn't feel it. It I didn't feel anything. I was on my phone the whole time, sitting on stage, just like this is boring. <laughs> I don't feel celebrated for me to have spent all this money on a degree. Y'all are boring. The same monotone speeches that we always have. I'm like, okay, get me off the stage. Let's walk. We done. Who was the keynote? We don't have a keynote at regular graduation. We did. We did. No, so I guess they got um, because they were. We were told. I'm a senior class officer. Well, I was. Oh So we were yeah. told that He's we had dead. to find a keynote speaker. So we found five for the university to turn around and say, "Oh, we're not paying for that. It's canceled." Oh. Um. So oh. then y'all could have called me. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> Just wait a bit. And then getting the to Taimba. Yeah, the bicentennial too. And they told us we were gonna have confetti. So I'm really gonna have to go see her on Monday. They like, always have now. confetti. Every year they have confetti. They, confetti. they didn't have conf- every year. They have confetti. Cincinnati no. State had confetti, and we ain't had no confetti. They have budget cuts. What's <laughs> happening, Cincinnati? Y'all call us. But um, they saving it off the bison. Getting the Taimba, 
Mm-hmm. It was crazy the amount of support and emotions that came because even before we had our whole rites of passage, encouraging words, we were getting turned, excited to walk out and just being among our people at a PWI, it feels like our own little HBCU, to be honest. I know. Is- because of the African American Cultural Resource Center. Like yep. I told you, I we have the that HBCU it was- feel. Yeah. Period. Yep. And like walking out, everybody getting to do their little um, whether they were strolling, whether they were dancing, just being celebrated by everybody. And they got to take their walk. And they got to take fuck. their walk. At the University of Cincinnati graduation, the names were right after the other people on each other's backs walking. Yeah. Taimba, we got to enjoy the moment. I never knew how much I impacted the students here on campus until after when they were having me get all emotional and tear up. And it was kind of like, damn, I left my mark on this campus. Hell, my name is engraved on Sigma Sigma Comments. What you Come mean? Come on. Okay. That is true. So it's like. I only got my picture like, on ACRC. So if, it's, if, if they demolish that motherfucker. Only. <laughs> I only got my picture, then my name is Six Sig. But that's the. Right. <laughs> You know. Yeah, all three of y'all got your name on six it. Look, if they demolish the ACRC, my, my legacy done. They, they won't know my face. You stupid. <laughs> um, but the day after, it still doesn't feel real yet because I'm still like, I feel like I got to wake up and go work at EPS on Monday morning. Wish. And we just turned in our keys. That yes. was the saddest part about that regular graduation. Yeah. I didn't feel any type of sadness until I gave my key back for EPS. Dang, yeah. that's crazy. That got real. Chapter closed. So, in, in closing, you know, one of the things I love about this experience and, and things, you guys, is the fact that, like, black males, we doing the damn thing. And despite all of, in spite all of the hurdles that come our way, we are, try, we are making a way. And it's the connections that we have with individuals that help us be able to make that happen. These are boys who are young men that, have, that are graduating this year, and they're connected to mentors that are seven years out. We have to continue to do this, whether we're on an HBCU campus or PWI campus. Because at the end of the day, folks got to go to school. <laughs> and so we got to support the folks. You know, and, and I'm just excited about that. Nigel, do you have any final words? Nope. None at all. I'm just... Really? You don't have no benediction today? Typically, I do, but I, I don't. I'm just, I'm just excited for them and others that look like them that are graduating across the country. I want us, like you said, just to continue to pour into each other at the That's end. True. They learn from them just as much as they learn um, from us. So I agree. Yeah. My heart is full and my stomach is 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 bellied of Woodfoot Reserve, and so I'm, I'm happy to go. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. I was actually <laughs> very like nervous. Hey, yeah, I was. What? 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 Your belly is what? Hold up, my belly is full of wood for reserve. My cousin, what would you say? You should end your uh podcast every episode with that. My heart no. is full and my belly is full. <laughs> your stomach, <laughs> yes, your stomach is full, yes. And in the words of RuPaul, <laughs> you gotta get it now, you gotta get it now, yeah. That's you it. gotta get it now, all right. Let's yes, see. well, congratulations <laughs> to you two on completing this chapter um, of your academic careers. Still soaking in, even yeah. though you got other stuff going on, act, you know, actually. But what are you saying? Because <laughs> there it goes your benediction. I knew this it was coming. Not, it, it's not a benediction. We about to sign off. I'm just, hey, 
Be great. Reflect. It's important to reflect because you'll yes. never have this moment ever again. That's so so while you're in it, be in it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. So how, Marquez and Tyler, how can they follow you guys, like your journey? Where are you at on Instagram? You know, I'm single. Oh, excuse me? Are y'all single? <laughs> like, because, are people should want to like... I'm not single. Uh, I'm not single. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. Yeah, y'all both fine. Oh, well, guys, if y'all want to network with them, I'm going to have some jobs. Um, Marquez, how could you find... Marquez Jones... 15 on Instagram, Marquez Jones 14 on oh that's Snapchat. Don't follow me on Snapchat. <laughs> you guys on Snapchat? Um, Marquez Jones 2 on Facebook. Um, you'll see me everywhere. Um, but yeah, I, before I sign out personally, I want to say a special thanks to my mentor and then also my mentor's best friend slash my best friend's mentor. Uh, appreciate y'all for everything y'all do for us. Yeah, no definitely do. Um, y'all can follow me on Instagram at KXNG underscore Ty because in the words of James Baldwin, our crown is already bought and paid for. You got to do his words. So That's I am right. King J. Um, you got the best quote, Follow me on Facebook at Tyler D. Adams. You know? Hey, we And then I want to give a shout out to Mario, you know, the goat, Nigel, the other goat, you know, my two goats. Go Junior. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I love mean, y'all and I thank y'all for this opportunity. It was dope. <laughs> this was so fun. One of the greatest. Thank you guys for that. All right. Thank you for listening. You go boy podcast. You are listening to Jay Bosco, like we always talk about, guys. Like he got an album coming out, guys. And um, yeah. Oh, was- also, if you have any questions, comments, yes, or topics that you would like to hear about, and or if you would like to have a sponsorship. Um, space on our podcast, please go to our website. Mario, what's our, I mean, our email. Our email. Our Gmail is yougoboypodcast at gmail.com. We figured out how to get back into it. Remember episode 13, we was being trifling and we told people to DM us. So yeah, get back into it on episode 14. We are in there. Yes, have a great one. Yes. All right then. Bye. Sign up. Thank you guys. We're still recording. Oh, Lord.